because I think it's important when you come to the synagogue that you get some practical information, I'm going to begin with a life tip. All of us get trapped by normal forms that we use. You don't answer the phone, hello, one day, and answer the phone, may I help you the next? Usually you answer it the same way. Here is my life tip. The next time you write a thank you note, if anybody ever writes thank you notes anymore, don't start with the words thank you. Because if you start with something else, then you actually have to force yourself to think about what you're writing. And to the reader, it will seem like a much more original and thoughtful note than if you start the way everybody starts thank you notes, which is thank you for your blah, 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 blah. And I bring this up, this mixing up of forms, because although I didn't really think about it until I read the commentary of the Or HaChayim, whom I will come to in a moment, that's what God does. When God comes to Jacob, listen to how God first speaks to Jacob. I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham, God of Isaac, the ground on which you're lying, I will assign to you and your offspring. In other words, God introduces God's self. I am the Lord. Listen to how God comes to Moses. Moses, Moses, don't come close to remove your sandals from your feet. The place on which you stand is holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God introduces God's self. It's God's way of writing a thank you note. God starts off by saying, listen, person who may not know me, this is who I am. But not this morning. When God comes to Abraham, God doesn't say, I am the Lord your God. What does God say? Go forth from your land, from the place you were born, from the house of your father, and to the place that I will show you. So says the Archaim, like, what's up? Why doesn't God say, Abraham, I'm the Lord your God. Now, this is what I want you to do. That's the way you're supposed to start a thank you note. With the conventional form. When you meet someone, the first thing they do is not to tell you what to do. First, they say, I'm your mother. This is what you should do. Right? But God doesn't do that. And the Orachayim says the reason God doesn't do it is that all subsequent generations were ready to receive the message of God's sovereignty. And the reason they were ready to receive it was because of the life of Abraham. Abraham couldn't receive it because to say I'm the Lord your God meant nothing to him. God didn't exist in the world before Abraham. I mean, God did, obviously, but nobody knew it. 
Somehow, in between Adam and Eve and Abraham, God got lost in the world. So to come to Abraham and say, I am the God, first of all, couldn't say I'm the God of Abraham. Couldn't say I'm the God of your fathers. And to say I'm the Lord your God, Abraham would have said what? Instead, God started with a mission. Now this, of course, begs another question, which is why does Abraham listen to this mission, especially when the mission is, if you will allow me a phrase from my childhood, mission impossible. Which, by the way, before it was a series of movies, was a long-running TV show that some of us grew up on. The mission impossible was you would hear this mission and then the tape would self-destruct and then you would have to go out and do it. But the whole point of mission impossible was that they always accomplished the mission. So the title of the show was a little bit misleading. It was mission seemingly impossible that actually you can really do. But this one is impossible. And part of the reason that it's impossible is because it is also unspecified. Go to this land that I will show you. But Abraham doesn't know why he's going, what he's supposed to do there, what he will find there, or even, by the way, who is supposed to accompany him. He goes with Sarah. He goes with Lot. He goes with all these other people whom the rabbis say he's converted. But this is on his own initiative. So what is this about? I think that part of what we are supposed to learn from this is that Abraham had greatness in him and no opportunity to demonstrate it. He was somebody with all this potential and no outlet. It's one of the reasons why the rabbis tell stories about what Abraham did, one of which was told beautifully by our bat mitzvah this morning about how he smashed his father's idols. You won't find that story in the Torah, but the rabbis try to imagine how did this greatness manifest itself before Abraham went on his mission. But he was kind of like a coiled spring just waiting. And along comes this voice and tells him, I have something impossible for you to do. And Abraham's ready. And the reason that I say it's a mission impossible is that ultimately, of course, the mission isn't for Abraham to make it to Israel. Because once he gets to Israel, his story isn't over. His mission is to found a people that will change the world. That's his mission. Remember that what precedes Abraham? The story of the flood. God says, okay, I don't like the way things are going, gonna destroy the world and start over. God starts over with Noah. Then you have the Tower of Babel. God says, I don't like the way things are going, I'm gonna start over, and then he starts with Abraham. Abraham's job is to create a people that will help change the world. In other words, an impossible mission. The most remarkable part of the story, by far, is not that God comes out of the sky and speaks to Abraham. 
It's not even that Abraham listens and does what God says. It's that 3,500 years later, the descendants of Abraham are on the same mission. It's an unfinished mission. We're not done. And from the moment Abraham accepted until now, we have consistently renewed our fidelity to this moment, to the moment that Abraham said, Hineni, I'm here. It really is the greatest miracle of human history that all the people we read about in the Torah, every single one of them, the Canaanites, the Prezites, all of them, the Jebusites, they're all gone. They're all gone. Can you imagine if you could go back thousands of years and say to all of Abraham's neighbors, by the way, the only way anybody will ever know you is because thousands of years from now, you are the enemy of the Jews, this small people. But that's true. The Assyrians are gone, the Babylonians are gone, the Romans are gone. But the mission that Abraham accepts this morning, we're still here. Now, we may not have changed the world in all the ways that we like, but remember what I said. It's mission impossible. And it isn't until you get to the end of the show that the mission is accomplished. So, we're still in the middle of, I don't know which act. But we know what the mission is. And we know that we're still working on it. And it's all because God took a chance that this person who didn't know who God was or really what God wanted would go forth. Lech Lecha. You could make a very good case that those are the two most important words in all of human history. Not only then, but still today. Shabbat Shalom.